You're listening to Dr. Karen, Love and Life, right now. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril, psychologist, author, speaker, former former professor, professor, and musician. Learn how to have true intimacy. Drag down, knock out fights, and then have like really hot makeup sex, right? I'm all about living authentically and finding the best version of you and living life to its fullest. Don't stop that play button. Get connected. You know, marriage is great, but only if it's a great marriage. You know, fear can't live without thoughts to support it. Got the passion. Channel your path to a more authentic you. Living an authentic life. Listen to Dr. Karen right now on Love & Life. Welcome to Dr. Karen Love & Life. Hi there. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. I'm a psychologist, author, speaker, former professor, and musician. You may know me from my latest book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. Here on my podcast, Love and Life, we talk about living and relating authentically in all realms of life. We look at how to have true intimacy in romantic relationships, more meaningful friendships, healthier family connections, more productive and fulfilling careers, And we learn methods for staying happy, hopeful, and positive, all while channeling a path to a more authentic you, living an authentic life. So we've been talking about ways to renew and reclaim your love and life because it's springtime and it's all about new growth, new development, and dusting off anything that's not working and kicking it aside and going for something new and exciting in your life. And when we talk about reclaiming and renewing, we have to talk about, of course, relationships. And you know that's one of the huge themes of this podcast. And when we talk about relationships, we end up talking about the dark side of relationships, breakups. And as all of you know, I dated for 27 years, so I had plenty of breakups that I encountered along the way. And everything I learned about breakups and the suggestions and recommendations I make to people when they ask me how to handle heartbreak, it really comes from all the mistakes I made. (laughs) So I'm really like my life lessons that I went through the trenches and all the things I did incorrectly, which were many. Those are the things that I have to share because I frankly was not all that good at breaking up. I don't know that anyone's really good at breaking up, but I had to learn a lot of things the hard way. And I was always impressed by people who could dust themselves off and just kind of move on and, and, and charge forward. And I was the exact opposite. I was one to, frankly, to be real honest, I would wallow. I don't think I ever made a clean break. I I was always on again, off again, and trying to salvage that one little spark that was so good in the relationship, sometimes putting on the rose-colored glasses so that I could ignore everything that wasn't working in the relationship. And that's one of the reasons I devoted an entire chapter in my book to how to break up, again, not from anything that I was doing so great, but basically showing the mistakes I made because I see a lot of people in the dating realm getting back with that ex time and time again, and neither of them have really worked on themselves so as to correct whatever wasn't working. They're coming back together without improving anything internally, independently, and then, of course, then having nothing more to offer the relationship as a couple. And one of the uh, first major breakups I had in college was with Eddie. I will call him Eddie. And it was my sophomore year of college. 
We started dating in October of my freshman year, and we dated for about a year before things got rocky. And I can get into all the the ins and outs of that relationship at another time. But I just remember my very first kick my butt to the curb breakup. And I mean, I was devastated. And it was one of those things when you talk to people who can, you know, we all remember our first love and we all remember our first breakup. And we remember it so acutely because it's really that first time when you, you go, oh, that's what all those love songs are about. Like, I finally get all those lyrics. They make sense to me now. And in the worst way, I can identify with all of them. I mean, I remember literally walking around campus the next day, like, the sun's still shining. Like, how in the world is the sun still shining? Because it just seemed so incredible to me that the world could still be turning when in fact it shouldn't be because my love had died. It had ended. I'd gotten broken up with. And I was only 19. I was such a baby and yet feeling that intense pain and that intense just hurt that this was over. And so as I continued to soldier on through 27 years of dating, in a way you get used to breakups, you probably become more of a pro at breaking up because you've been through so many as you get older. But in another way, each breakup can perhaps become more devastating because this is the person you really anticipated spending a life with. As you get older, you perhaps are more serious about your relationships and and ready to settle down. So just to give that little backstory on my breakup uh, experience, which again, wasn't so stellar, I want to introduce you to someone who does know a lot about breaking up and probably has a lot more to offer us because she is, in fact, a breakup coach. So I want to invite Laura Yates to the program. Laura and I met in quotes because we met on, uh, on social media and we are actually going to meet in person coming up when I visit London in June. So stay tuned for that. But we met and I was able to be on her podcast talking about my book and some of the things I'd learned over my many years of dating. And so when I started my podcast, I knew one of the very first guests I wanted to have on the show would be Laura. And so I'm so thrilled to introduce you to Laura and to invite her on the show. Laura, welcome to Love and Life. Karen, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to do this and I can't wait to meet you in person in June. (laughs) I know. I'm just so thrilled that that's going to all work out. And so, yeah, we're going to have to solidify the details and maybe we can do a podcast together and something fun like that. Yeah. Yeah. We must lock that in for sure. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. So like I said, I I wanted to give the listeners a little bit of backstory on my breaking up because I cover a lot of topics on love and life. And but one that obviously is very key to the love is the when the love doesn't work out. And so how do we navigate our way through that and through that pain? And and like I was saying earlier, sometimes there's the pain when you're younger, but the pain when you're older and, and something that you think gosh, I guess I should be getting better at breaking up. I don't know that people do, but we'll get to all those those questions in a few minutes. But I wanted to just ask you to, to share with the listeners some of your story of how did you decide to become a breakup coach? Because that's a pretty unique profession. And how did you get into this business? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that question all the time. And I have to admit, it wasn't something that, you know, when I was at school, I anticipated this you know, been my path. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I mean, as you were, you know, talking about with your own experience, I think we learn so much from these things that we go through. And it was something that I really very, it, it found me quite organically. 
um, I was coaching before, so I was already, you know, in that realm of helping people and, and offering that coaching support. And at the time I was really getting into that. I went through a really tough breakup myself. Um, it was definitely, well, so far, um, my most significant breakup to date. You know, I thought I was going to marry this guy and we kind of had our future mapped out and everything. And then it, you know, for one reason or another, I had to end the relationship. And so it all come to a close. And it was really, really emotionally tough. Um, and my way of, of healing and dealing with that, I suppose, was to to write about it. Um, I was I already had my blog, so I kind of used my blog as a platform in which to to share with people what I was learning about myself. You know, I didn't write about it in the sense of oh, you know, he's so awful, he's done this, and then I did that. I really wanted to to write about it, um, to share my journey, to share what I was doing that I felt was really helping, and also to shed light on the things that really weren't working for me you know those habits that we can fall into which we'll probably talk about later and so people you know they shared my, my blog and it, my words got featured on a few bigger websites as well and you know the feedback was just so incredible the feedback that I would get from people that it, it really helped them or it really helped them feel less alone and what struck me was that you know, breakups are something that we all go through. It's such a universal thing, regardless of how smart we are, how attractive we are, how intelligent we are, how acclaimed we are, all of that stuff. You know, it's like love is just the ultimate equalizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we all go through it, through it, and yet we feel so isolated when it happens to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people, you know, would say to me, oh, you know, I see you're a coach and do you have any advice? Could you help me? And... The more people that did that, the more I realized that, my God, you know, there's, there's a real need for support in this, in this area. And I just decided to, to fill that really. And I, I worked with a couple of people just to see what, what it was like and to see if I was really able to help them. And people, you know, people were just looking for someone who could, could take that outside perspective and, and share that wisdom and not, not do it in the coming from a place of, oh, here I am knowing everything, telling you what to do. Um, but to, to go along on that journey with them um, and, and be their cheerleader and provide that support. So, and, and that's when I started really focusing my coaching in that area and it just, you know, evolved from there really. So it, it definitely found me very naturally and organically, which is kind of nice. And it enabled me to take my own experience and, and use that to help other people and to create value. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful that it happened now, even though it was, it was really, really painful. Um, I'm really grateful that it happened. That is something that in the moment is so hard to see. And it's pretty much impossible to see when you're in so much pain to think that something good could come from that. And and your story is so empowering because as we get a little distance from the pain, we can see, and in your case, it really shaped your entire profession, your entire, right. your, your whole purpose in life. <laughs> you know? And so while in the moment you would have thought of nothing worse could have happened to you than this heartbreak, and now looking back, you see that it was necessary for you to truly find your path. But gosh, that's so esoteric, right? <laughs> when you're, right. It's, it's just so not comforting. And if someone had said something like along those lines to me and what any one of my many breakups, I would have wanted to punch him in the face. You know? yeah. so, oh, so, God, completely. Because we right. all want that. We all want that quick fix, don't we? We want yeah. that pain 
him to go away immediately. And, you know, I really wish that there were, obviously I have tools and techniques and, and all of this stuff, but I, you know, they're just, the, the, the simple answer is that there isn't just a quick fix. I can't wave a magic wand um, in order to take away that pain immediately. And I know that that is what everyone wants and probably what every person I work with is hoping to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you can at least just, you know, have that faith have that trust mm -hmm. that things are going to get better, even if you, you, you know, you just know it's not going to be by tomorrow, then, you know, you can take that and that can carry you through. But, but no, you're right. It's really tough at the time because you just want that instant. I just want to feel better. Hi, I'm Maureen and I listen to Dr. Karen Love and Life in Mississippi. And again, so I imagine your work. The challenge, I think, if I were in your shoes, would be how do you provide and try to inspire that hope, knowing that your client in the moment probably doesn't have ears to hear what you know is true, but to say it so bluntly might come across as being insensitive to their pain. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I always like to work with people in the most kind and compassionate way as possible. But at the same time, I don't like to sugarcoat things. You know, I right. don't like to tell them what they want to hear because that's the reason why, you know, they're they're reaching out to someone like me. It's it's to not be their friend who is going to tell them that that guy or girl is like the worst person on earth. You know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. I really want to provide the outside perspective. But it is hard. It is a challenge. And, you know, the, the best way that I can really work with the client in order to achieve that is for them to put their trust in me and to to let them know that things are going to get better and to let them know that there are although it isn't immediate there are things that they can start doing every single day ways in which they can help themselves and to empower them really to know that they have a lot more control over their you know their emotional resilience their well-being their mindset than what they realize and so when people kind of get that from me, they're much more receptive. Right. When you mention yeah. mindset and taking control, because really they feel out of control. I mean, we, we yeah. when we are broken up with, or even when we break up with someone, I mean, I was on both ends of it, as I'm sure you've been. Yeah. It's a different pain, but it's still the the expectation that this relationship is going to go the distance and this and you start playing that future and so it's all still devastating i remember when i called off my wedding i was actually living in the home that where we were going to be starting our married life together and so i call off the wedding and then for a couple months i'm you know i had i had to get a new apartment so i was still in the home and so i'd walk around that home like i was supposed to be making my dinner for my husband in this very kitchen. I was supposed to be rocking my baby to sleep in this room that we thought would be the nursery. Oh, I mean, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And so I called it off because it didn't feel right, but it doesn't it wasn't that I didn't want that life. I, I wanted right. that marriage. I wanted that family. You know, for me, of course, one thing I had to do is get out of that <laughs> townhome right. quickly. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. And that that is the really tough thing actually about when you when you instigate the breakup it's like there's almost then that pressure that you're then not really allowed to feel those yes. things. Yes. Right? Because, well, you're not the one who's been broken up with. You, it's almost like people feel like we don't have the right mm -hmm. to then have those feelings and to then kind of mourn that relationship and to think about what it is that we're not going to have. Mm -hmm. But and, and I think that that pressure can can just exasperate those feelings even more. And it's it's really tough when you when you are in that position. So I completely feel you on that. But you are right. You, you know, the, the key to alleviating that is to get out of that environment as quickly as you can. 
And then getting back to what you were saying about the to trying to reclaim control over the part that you do have control over. And this is something breakup or any other pain in one's life. There is so much that feels out of control. But I think from running hearing what part of your coaching is to really remind people you do have control of what you let occupy your mental space. And we shouldn't minimize the power of that because really that's so powerful. Oh my gosh. It's a game changer. Yes. When when you can actually start understanding that and then start taking those actions and implementing it, that is when things start to change. And it's amazing how quickly things start to change from there as well. And so if people are looking for, you know, a kind of a more instant thing, it's take charge of your mindset, take charge of your thoughts, and then you will notice those changes. It's huge. It really is. And I'm so glad that you're seeing it being powerful in that realm and specifically to the breakup realm as well well as just life in general. So I'm I'm curious some of the typical challenges. Clients, are they typically people who are just still pining after someone who has broken up with them? Or is it someone who's uh, stuck, caught up in this kind of, it's complicated where they're not really getting the relationship they want. So they're essentially getting heartbroken time and time again because they're caught up in, in a relationship that's really not well-defined. Or what is the typical concern that, that clients bring to you? I get so many, to be honest. But, but I think the most common one is that people people just really struggle to let go of their ex to let go of the relationship because they miss their ex so much mm-hmm. they're almost putting them on a pedestal and they're they're overlook they're kind of looking at the relationship with the rose tinted glasses so they're overlooking the things that they know in their heart and in their gut aren't right they know mm-hmm. that 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 relationship is probably beyond repair yet they can't quite get their heads around believing that Mm-hmm. You know, and so they contact me in a bid to firstly understand why their ex has done what they do. I, I, I mean, I'm not a mind reader and, I right. don't, and I, I'm very honest with clients about that. You know, I can't tell you why your ex has done X, Y, Z. I can shed some light on why people do things generally, but obviously my focus is, is on the client. It's not on the ex. Sometimes, you know, my girlfriends and I would be complaining about something. I remember one time just finally having like a bit of an epiphany. I remember thinking like, you and I, now speaking to my girlfriend, you and I can analyze this fool all day long, and I shouldn't call him a fool, but this person that's broken our heart, we can analyze this this cat all day long and figure out exactly why he left you and figure out exactly what's going on in his screwed up dysfunctional head. And guess what? It still won't change anything. Right, like, right, right, right. That's what does that it. What does that gain us? To, yeah. to Even if we accurately assess and diagnose his pathology, he's not coming yeah, back. Because it still happened. That's really what I try and help clients move through and find peace with. Because when you can create that detachment between wanting to control what someone else is doing or even worse has done in the past and actually just focus more on how you choose to react to that. Yes. Then you can do something with with that feeling. You're listening to Dr. Karen Anderson Abril on Love and Life. Go to her website, D-R-K-A-R-I-N dot me. That's www.drkaren with a K dot me. Have any questions or would like to share your story with Dr. Karen? Email her, Karen, K-A-R-I-N at drkaren.me. 
every time I work with something, the, the one consistent thing that comes up, which perpetuates this even more, is social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. seeing seeing what your ex is doing on Facebook, or hearing from a friend, or seeing a picture that they've been tagged in, and then of course you go down the rabbit hole of, <laughs> yeah. of of looking at people who you don't even know on Facebook, trying to piece together clues, and you become this sort of this you know <laughs> detective of what your ex is doing. And again, it just doesn't change anything. Right. Oh, and it's just pouring salt in your own wound. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the, the potential of generational differences. Are, are you seeing millennials handling breakups differently than maybe my generation of 40-somethings or and then maybe the next generation above me? Uh, and so social media, I would imagine, to the extent that you're on social media and you have not blocked your ex, I mean, that is just giving you information that you would actually do much better if you did not know (laughs) even though your curiosity is going to lead you down like you said that rabbit hole so I'm curious do you see generational differences from the clients that you work with in their 20s 30s 40s 50s and and beyond I I do the the main one is the world of digital because I think Mm -hmm. at our core you know heartbreak is well I mean we all handle it differently and it all feels differently but that sense of loss that sense of you know losing that person I think that's that's kind of consistent throughout generations um but the thing that the millennials struggle with the most is knowing how to handle the social media aspect and just having kind of 24 7 access to Mm. what their ex is doing or what they could be doing and um it's it's really really damaging the thing is technology has evolved so so quickly over the past 15 years and I mean I remember like going back to my very first relationships when I was kind of 17 18 and mm-hmm. like, none of this existed then and right. you know it, and, and it did make it easier because when you broke up with someone unless you were kind of going to go to their house and stand outside <laughs> their door and stalk <laughs> them and follow them around like you didn't know what they were doing right and that, that did make it easier to move on because it creates that detachment and that's why you know cutting off that contact I do believe unless there are things like children involved and whatnot then it's so important because when you don't have that constant reminder you are able to create that space a lot quicker for yourself and you do move on a lot faster yeah I mean in many ways social media can be great because it's now even for breakups because you know there are lots of online support groups and people can find people like you and people like me and other organizations so if you use it in the right way it it can be great and it can provide that support that perhaps you're craving. You know, it's interesting. It's, it's, we call it social media, but it's now become their social life. It's not just, don't you think? I mean, it's become such an integral part of their social experience. It, it is. I mean, I remember when um, online dating was considered weird. Right. And, right. and, and you, you right. didn't want to tell anyone That's that right. you were on a dating website. Right. And, and now it's people are quite shocked to think, well, actually, you can go out in the, there in the real world and meet someone. Right. And I think because of the instant gratification that we get from social media, that's why people find it so hard to deal with the fact that part of moving through a breakup it's not going to be instant. You know, it is a bit of a journey. It's a bit right. of a process. But because we're so used to getting quick fixes through mm-hmm. our you know, smartphones and, and social media and everything, like it's just a complete, complete shift. And it feels quite, quite you know, jarring to know that, oh, my God, I'm actually going to have to heal with this in a human way. <laughs> um, well, right. No, and yeah. we, don't, we don't want the full range of human emotions, frankly. No, we don't. No. You know, as a psychologist, I have some strong feelings about the tendency for people to just try to pop a pill to get rid of every sad feeling. 
there's people who are being diagnosed with depression who I'm thinking, you know, you're just grieving. You're not depressed. Well, yeah, you're sad and you feel depressed, but you don't have a clinical diagnosis. You're just grieving. And and my concern as I watch the dating scene now is that because you have your next date just one swipe away on your phone, you can just rebound before Mm -hmm. even dealing with any of the real issues Mm -hmm. of your pain, rebound to the next, bring all that mess into the next relationship. I mean, no one even takes the space to just right. process this is it, it. you 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 know you're you've hit the nail right on the head there and a lot of people who come to me they've done that very thing they've gone through a breakup and then they've got online immediately because they think that's going to fill the void right and they start dating someone else and then that all goes wrong and then they're taking the residue of that breakup that they haven't yet dealt with and they're taking it into that and of course that relationship doesn't work out and then these patterns just get repeated and all of that stuff that you haven't dealt with just builds and builds and builds and builds Mm-hmm. Until the point that you kind of just like, oh my God, I, I feel like an absolute car crash. I feel like a mess. And, and really, it's yes. just, you know, people just don't take the time to move through what they're feeling, to accept it and to create some space for themselves. Because, you know, moving on to another relationship is not the way to get over an old one. Hi, I'm Laura, and I love listening to Dr. Karen Love and Life every week in Evanston, Illinois my recent little social media quotes, you know, that infuriating line from a really good movie, but a really bad line, you know, you complete me is hideous. (laughs) It's the worst advice ever. It is. I think it's that quote that (laughs) people are like, oh, you know, you complete, this is, this is what I need. When I find that guy, when I finally find him, then I'm going to feel whole, then I'm going to feel complete. And it's like, no, that is absolute BS. It's it's backwards. (laughs) It's so backwards. And it's so not loving (laughs) to be like, I'm, I'm looking for someone to complete me. So that's your job. One of my social media memes is you complete you. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. When I look back over my dating history, I did that. And this was before the social media was to the extent that it is now either. I remember I hadn't resolved some of the stuff from the second guy I dated in college. And that relationship went on and off for a long time. And so, of course, it was just messy. And I hadn't resolved it all. And then the next guy I dated for just a couple months, I ended up projecting so many of my emotions about the college boyfriend onto this new guy such that we tanked after just a couple months. It shouldn't have been that big of a deal. It was really only two months. But I had projected all of these other emotions from the guy from college onto this new guy to the point where I was grieving and looking at myself like, why are you so devastated about a guy you only dated for two months? But later, again, it took some time for me to unpack it all. I finally realized, well, you weren't grieving guy B, you were still grieving guy A. You know? Right, right. And I suppose that, that that situation really mimicked the one before that you hadn't grieved for. And so yes. it was really what that represented rather yep. than him. And I see when people do take a break on dating, I have noticed from the conversations I've had with, with these folks is that oftentimes there's a lot of negative energy. It's like, well, I'm done because all guys are jerks. It's not that they're coming from the framework that you're coming from, which is... 
let's let's okay maybe not do the work but let's just be introspective let's just settle down for a minute and and work on myself not in a work is a bad thing like work is a great thing like being the best version of me and learning to meet my own needs so that I can come like you said earlier so so well put so that I'm whole and so that I'm, I'm whole in and of myself and I meet someone else who is also whole in and of themselves and then we just walk hand in hand through life instead of like clinging to each other out of desperation I wish people would come at their or approach rather their their time off with more positive energy but I hear a lot of I'm done with dating forget it oh, yeah I completely agree with this it doesn't have to be an all or nothing extreme thing either right. yes you can take that time out to be introspective but you can still be positive and open to opportunities you know the way that you think affects how you see the world and if you're coming at relationships and dating like all guys are jerks or yes I'm never gonna meet anybody relationships never work then you know guess what you're gonna go out there and that is what you're gonna see every day yeah because that's that's what you've programmed your mind to believe so you will see probably your friends getting their hearts broken whereas if you can just say you know what I, I'm not really wanting to date right now but I'm just kind of gonna be aware of all the great people who are out there. And and you just start to see things differently. So it's not about putting up walls and putting up blocks and, you know, protecting yourself around, you know, with a cast iron thing around your heart. It, it's more just keeping that open mind. That's such a fundamental shift. I got into a bit of a funk in my late 20s when things weren't working out and approaching 30, which sometimes can be a thing if you have had your, your life mapped out in a little different way. You right. expected, you know, right. I expected, oh, I'd have a, a baby by 30. 30 or 31 or whatever I'd had planned because I did I let myself get into some really negative mindsets of well I guess true love isn't for me you know I guess some people get to marry the love of their life and I'll just you know have to be happy with I had this other weird thing going on like well I'll just be thankful for all these other blessings in my life which is great and that was good that I was mindful of those other blessings but I had kind of shut down like it wasn't going to happen for me and you know that's when I actually you know ended up almost marrying the wrong guy I had kind of lost hope and so I really over my many years of dating I really saw a very fundamental shift when I got my mind right and thought yes I'm going to be happy and whole and complete within myself but I'm also not going to assume that just because true love hasn't found me yet that it's it's not available to me I mean I'm still young who are we kidding you know but people can get really downtrodden they can, especially where age is concerned. Mm-hmm. And especially for, for women as well, where there are things, you know, like having children and yeah. all of that, we, we kind of feel like, oh my God, you know, I need to hurry up. I just yeah. need to find someone regardless of, you know, whether I like them or not. Yes, well, people <laughs> um, settle, they do. Yet, you know, you, you are where you are. There are many things that we can control within ourselves, but we can't control time. Right. And so you, you kind of either have two choices. You can dwell about that or you can choose to see, well, look, you know, I am where I am and I'm determined to make the best of what I have and to evolve into this person I want to become and know that love is out there for me and it is going to be the right kind of love. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Laura, thank you so much. Where can listeners find you? And and are you universal with your, do you do Skype sessions? I mean, can I, listeners all yeah. over the world? <laughs> okay. I'm universal, I'm worldwide. Wonderful. Yes. So yeah, people can find me on my website, which is laurieates.org. It's going through a huge makeover at the moment, actually. So it's still existing um, as it was, but in a couple of weeks, two or three weeks time, maybe by the time this episode comes out, it should be shiny and new and you can find out all about my my coaching services and my blog and and all of that stuff so laurieates.org 
Yeah. That's very exciting. And social media, where should they hit you up if they want to follow? Yeah, so on Twitter, I am at LauraYatesUK. I'm on Facebook. My Facebook page is Laura.Yates, and I've just started doing lots of Facebook Lives, getting into that as well. So um, that's been really fun. So people can find me there on, on Instagram um, at Laura M. Yates. So if you type in Laura Yates, you'll, you'll find me. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you once again for joining me. I look forward to seeing you in June and we will have to uh, talk shop then and figure out a way to do something. Maybe we could do something for your podcast and my podcast and just have some fun. So, Oh, I would love to do that. And Karen, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And it's been really good to speak to you as always. And I'm just so excited about meeting you in person and we'll definitely have to do that. We'll, We'll sort something fun out. Okay, excellent. Thanks so much. You can find me at my website, www.drkaren.me. On Twitter, I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson. Facebook, Dr. Karen Anderson Abral. Instagram, at Dr. Karen. And I'd love to hear from you. You can email me your story or ask me a question. I'm at Karen at drkaren.me. And remember, that's K-A-R-I-N. Thanks so much for subscribing on iTunes. I can also be found on Stitcher, Spreaker, and SoundCloud at Dr. Karen Love and Life. If you head to my website, you can sign up for my Riff on Relationships. I send out one to two emails a month just letting you know what we're talking about on the podcast and what I'm blogging about. Please let me know if you have any topics you want me to cover. I want this to be your show as much as it is mine. Thanks so much to my producer, Michelle Musso, and my communications manager, Dale Gregory. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, make it a great week.